I'm so dang loud. I don't need them. Is your tinfoil hat going to work? Going to throw off your uh, microphone, you think? No, I don't affect that stuff. So, it, it just affects the radiation and frequencies that I'm getting. That's what I was wondering. What What is the... Um, What's the benefit of the tinfoil hat? Hey man, I'm just I'm just an old conspiracy theorist. Don't mind me. <laughs> what are you conspiring on hey these man, days? Don't pay me no mind. Nah. Does that is that protecting you? Don't worry about it. If y'all don't if y'all don't know, we put most of these episodes on YouTube. And y'all should just go to the Three of Seven Project YouTube channel right now and uh Look at Chili. He's got it literally a custom tinfoil hat on. And then look at Chad. He's got a feather in his hat sitting atop his headphones. <laughs> look at this thing. It's on a... <laughs> bobbing and weaving, ain't it? It's on a seesaw. Bobbing and weaving. Oh, Yosemite Sam. That's how you know your hat's balanced. Boy, we've got a lot of... We've got a lot of um, very... Wonderful topics to discuss this morning on the 307 Podcast. Thank you guys for joining us. I know Krista wants to talk about humility. And I, boy, I'm telling you what, I hope she's got something good to bring to the table because I don't know what I think about this whole humility thing. <laughs> well, you better know it's all in the Bible. What do you see humility <laughs> and skip it in the Bible? I think well, he does know what he thinks. He just don't like it. We're gonna dig into it. We're gonna dig into it. I hope. I, I mean, I hope we. I, I, I've got some stuff here. Uh, yeah, I don't know quite what I think. What I think about it, it, just in terms of of do we have a true picture of what humility actually means, or or. You know what I'm saying. I hope Krista can help me work through that in my own mind. Well, she's going to pull her mic a little bit closer. Oh, you know how? No. You still haven't noticed the third week. I know. I still haven't ordered her a mic. Um, so we're going to talk about that. I've got to read something to y'all uh, here in a minute. i got to re- share a comment with y'all off of Instagram about shadow work. Mm. And... It just, it's absolutely epic. So stand by for that. And then I think right now I want to do some housekeeping. What's going on in 307 Project right now? What's going on? Well, I mean, what? Do y'all even know what's going on there? Am I the only one tracking? I don't know what we're supposed to say and what we're not supposed to say. There's a lot going on. Yeah, we've got a new product we're working on. We got a new. Oh, yeah. Sponsor. So the partnership kind of thing? Yeah. Y'all, if y'all have not seen, the, if y'all don't, again, a lot of y'all don't watch this on YouTube. If you haven't seen this, every episode, I've been sipping on one of these drinks right here. This is called Hoist. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a way healthier version of Gatorade. Less sugar. It's got some calcium, potassium, and magnesium in it. Um, and... It's a really great option in terms of hydration if you guys are looking for something other than water. I'd mainly drink water, but I have been drinking about one or two bottles of this hoist a day, Mm -hmm. and I actually really like it. Well, as much as you sweat, yeah, you need... We, We started... 
where, where we first found out about Hoist was uh, at 29029 when we were out there coaching. And they had this on the aid stations, and we drank the fire out of it. Yeah. I bet you drank 20 bottles of this stuff out there. Probably I had never heard of it before. And, and I finally just reached for one and looked at the label. And I was like, dang. I mean, that's got what I want to see in it. A lot of sodium, a lot of electrolytes. Like, most of them say that and don't actually have any of it that uh, an amount that does any good in it and this did and i was like man so i'm gonna got a little bit of calories 70 yep. calories yep um i liked it it tastes good too yeah yeah i mean i'll drink it with dinner or lunch sometimes which i don't even care if it tastes good as long as it performs well but I'm it does all about that taste <laughs> well it tastes good but what's really cool about oh this bottle's also bpa free well that's good <laughs> um What's really cool about Hoist, though, is they are huge advocates for the military community. All right? I'm pretty sure they're in, like, all the PXs, and in the Navy, we call them NEX. Uh, it's like mm -hmm. the military gas station slash grocery store. I'm pretty sure they're in all of those spaces, and they provide a lot of product to military Um and they're huge supporters. It's a big part of their brand, which is why they fit. Not only is their product good, but the mission behind their brand also fits with my background, mm -hmm. which is why we now are using Hoist as our hydration supplement here at 307 Project. By the way, Hoist, I don't know if you understand this, but I run every day, like twice a day. So I drink a lot of this stuff. I need some more. I need you to send me about 10 more cases out here. And, well, the powder. I like the powder. The, the oh, mix, yeah. Because then you can put it in. You don't have to have it in the bottle or pour I haven't it out. tried the powder yet. Well, yeah. I'll say, too, you know, they've. I think it really has grown in the military community. I don't know how you'd describe it, you know. <laughs> the, mean, old military. the old military the old military <laughs> military but it has you know and that's kind of the lane but to me i don't know why if you're using a product in ultra running for performance i would use that i mean if you're gonna go buy a product mm -hmm. i mean that's water yeah you, you have to drink water during 100 mile race you can't just i mean but we explain all that in our video series. yeah yeah in the running product if you guys don't know we're close to releasing a 10-part masterclass that is going to teach you everything about everything we know about running. Okay? That's another thing. Back to Hoist. Great product. I am absolutely enjoying it. Give it a shot. And like Chili said, if you're going to buy a hydration supplement, Think about Hoist because they're not one of these daggone hippie, ultra-running, freaking silly brands out there that you... Every daggone ultra-running product out there is tied in to the whole eat mushrooms, grow your freaking dreads out and smoke dope and be a homosexual. Pretty Just much. Just about every brand is tied in, to, tied in with that message. Hoist is not that brand, and their product's awesome. 
Their website is drinkhoist.com. Do we have a pro code? Did they give a pro code for the listeners? Yeah, it's 10% off. It's three, the number three of the number seven project. Come on, man. You guys got a 10. We got, they gave us this, especially for y'all, 10% off your order. Drinkhoist.com. Go check them out. We're crushing this stuff on the daily. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Told you about the running series, even though Blake probably didn't want me to tell you about it. Um, I'll tell you about one other thing. We're supposed to be less than 30 days from the premiere release of this Just One Mile documentary. I can't. You I, just can't hold it I in. I can't hold it in any premier. longer. Everything we do is premiere. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. This documentary is being produced by a two-time Emmy award-winning documentary filmmaker. The videographer, Dwayne, is the best I have ever seen. When you guys eventually see this documentary, wherever you see it, it is going to blow your dang socks off. Not because of me, but because of how many storylines are captured Mm -hmm. in that documentary. All I've seen is the trailer. I get to see the editor's cut on Monday. But all I've seen so far is the trailer, and the few people I've shown the trailer to, they all had the same reaction I had when I saw it. I'm like, I've seen a lot of pieces of content out there. This thing is next level. I'm pumped about it, man. Yeah, if you enjoyed well, watching the Mid-State coverage, then the documentary will be uh, <laughs> a step up from that. Well, you know, old Fonzie, remember, remember when you showed it to Fonzie? He oh, said he he went and done all the research slap, on him, tripped out. Yeah, he said, yeah. "Son, I don't even know. I couldn't think about anything else if this was if I had this." So the way that this the way that this played out is we were going. We had obviously already decided to go run the race. And James hit me up and said, hey, man, I, I got some, I got a buddy that's like one of the best videographers. He's worked on massive projects, shows like Stranger Things, um, big name movies and shows that you guys have all probably heard of. And he said, they might be interested in making a documentary out of this. I said, well, yeah, that's fine with me. If they want to film it, let's do it. Well, they come out. Ed is the producer. Dwayne's the the videographer. And they're out there. They come out. We spend a whole day filming. uh, And then they're at the race the whole time. And I I just thought these were just some guys. You know what I mean? Well, they are. Yeah, but like when we showed it to Fonzie and then he started researching the uh, resume that these guys have, it was like, Oh, then it finally made sense. Okay, this is why. I showed Fonzie that that uh, trailer, and he was like, you realize that is a $50,000 video right there. If you wanted to have that video, if you wanted to pay to have that video, just the three-minute trailer produced, that would cost you $50,000. And I was like, huh, no. <laughs> but then he re- told us who who these, it. told us the background of these guys, and I was like, okay, now this makes sense. This thing might have some legs to it. He made you play it for him five times. The well, trailer, yeah. 
Chad's just a guy that likes sports, so he didn't really appreciate the value that he had there. I, I'm just out here at the, the, the Mid-State Mile. I'm out here, and I'm literally the whole race, I treat uh, Dwayne and Ed essentially like they were a nuisance to me. I mean, yeah. just slap disrespectful <laughs> because I'm, I'm focused on winning. And, well, I think and they, I'm like, these guys are going to make this video, and it's just going to be something that I'll have to remember the race by. You know what I mean? I think they would say different. I, I think they felt you were quite accommodating to the things that they wanted to do because Dwayne was loving life. I mean, he was loving it, that he was able to get in there and be in the mix and not, you know, not treated like, a, oh, you can jump in right here, but then you got to get out of the way, like, he was right in the middle of everything. Chili yeah. out there running cameras around. and <laughs> Me and Dwayne got to be buddies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's going to be good, man. So when does it come out? I talk, Ed texted me last night, and he, well, I'll tell you what he said. I'll tell you the exact words that he said. Um, hold on just a second. So here's Ed. Ed says, we are not far from a full premiere, probably less than 30 days. Because I told they 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 wanted me to come out they're they're coming out on Monday and they wanted to show me the editor's cut and um, I said you know what there there's a part of me that doesn't even want to watch this thing until it's ready to premiere because I thought about when they are ready like just renting the entire movie theater down here on twenty seven and inviting all you guys that listen to the podcast out to see the premiere of this thing. And then that being the first time I saw it. But then Ed says, we think you should watch the editor's cut before we release it publicly. I don't know why, but I'm going to take his advice. Because at this point in the video, the only thing I was good for in the video is winning that race. And as soon as I won the race, at this point, I'm pretty much useless. I don't know the process of how to get this thing out and get it into people's hands and all that stuff so i'm just following their lead i'm just a guy that has some friends that might help me with ideas well you don't have to worry about that part of it right krista doesn't really care for that song too much (laughs) (laughs) krista man what was up on that run today son what do you mean that run that run put a whooping on you krista i know i know but I finished. Oh yeah, I you finished. It. But I, so what? What was going on? What was going on? <laughs> what do you mean? What was going on? <laughs> I was running. You could say the same of him plenty other times, couldn't you? Uh-huh. Oh yeah. man. Well, um, here's that humility again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Well, so you're trying to treat me like chili, but it's not going to work. <laughs> I was sitting here thinking, Krista, you just you sometimes. You've just got to take your lumps and, you know, that run, there's nothing to be, he's trying to make you feel bad. Ain't nothing to feel bad about. That was a good run. Yeah, sure was. Well, can't let him do it to you. You know, what was funny to me. I was talking to, uh, I was talking to Brian the other day in the gym and I said, did y'all hear this? Did y'all hear, have y'all heard the, the new team member we have on the 37 podcast named Krista and, um. They they started telling me it's really interesting because I never thought about it because Sam listens to the podcast sometimes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and so yeah. Brian was telling me how like Sam perceives you on the podcast yeah 
And I was like, I never even thought about that because mm-hmm. he's listened to the podcast before yeah. you started coming oh, yeah. on. Yeah. And um, I know it's got to be weird for him to hear yeah, you he's on. He's like, that's my mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, that's what's going on at 307 Project. Am oh, I? and the, the sticker club. We can't leave oh that out. Oh, my gosh, Chad, dude. Chad, God, had a, Chad had a total bomb of the sticker club. Man, this is embarrassing. Are you, do you still have stickers available for purchase? <laughs> About 40 of them. 40? <laughs> yeah. You lost miserably, dude. Yeah. But hold on. Now, now how? But seriously, dude. I how, didn't know it was a race. You So Chili runs the store. So you were tracking on these orders. Who the crap was coming in and buying all Blake stickers? Because <laughs> yeah, well. me and you were running neck and neck for the longest time, Guys. and then s- some people started coming in and buying like dozens of Blake well, stickers all since, at once. Since Blake is going to play this game and gloat that he won a race that we weren't actually doing, listen, man. Well, I mean, it was quite clear that, that there was a race going on so i i just since when since you got on instagram and said oh hey guys i really somebody shared it somebody somebody to buy my sticker matt shared it he said uh, y'all need to get on team blake and i said yeah i agree let me share that up on my post and i'm gonna tell y'all y'all learn one day it's about quality not quantity you just have a couple good friends and hey what are you talking about (laughs) let's pull right on ahead it hit the, you know, it's like a nitrous. You use good quality. You can have a good engine. You hit that nitrous button with your good friends. Son, just pull right on out them 90,000 well, followers go ahead and, Chad has. You can, go ahead and thank, bad. you can go ahead and thank Danny Delph yep. and Doug Moore yep. because they're the only two people in the world that own a Blake sticker. Doug? <laughs> Doug might be coming to the Proving Ground, too. Good. Yep. Good. Well, Danny and... Danny Delph and Doug Moore. I'm sure Blake. Congratulations. Sure You're the Blake, only two members of the Blake Sticker Club. If Danny's coming to the Proving Ground, I'm sure Blake gave him a free entry. No, Doug. Hey, uh, Doug, yeah. I'm yeah. sure he probably messaged Doug and said, hey, Doug, I can give you a free entry at the Proving Ground if you go buy a couple hundred dollars worth of my stickers. Uh, <laughs> Gotta yeah. leverage okay. your resources. Gotta leverage your resources. Son. So, Danny and Doug, I- I'd like to know what what. What's the thinking behind that? I mean, why do you love Blake so much? Well, I mean, well, they just posted on Instagram, both of them. They got their stickers. I know. Chad doesn't like it when I win or whatever and beat him in things. So I, I thought I, for sure I was going to take you guys down because when I saw people were going to, to buy all of his stickers, it ticked me off. And so I decided to leverage my platform. To, to to get in and take him down. Well, I was just very embarrassed by Blake's just <laughs> just pitiful attempt to try to get people to buy a sticker. It wasn't that pitiful and of an attempt. It and then I was more embarrassed that you just groveled to your following and 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 lost. I mean, it's just <laughs> pathetic. Cat told me the other day. She said, "Just that. pitiful. Y'all are embarrassing." She said. I don't know if Chad likes it when you get complimented around him, Blake. And I was like, what do you mean? And she said, well, I was listening to that podcast with uh, Fonzie. And she said uh, he was talking about how I was his wife's favorite. Yeah. And then they was talking about you. And we were kind of talking. And Chad said, so, David, I want to hear more about this. <laughs> and didn't even didn't even acknowledge the fact that. So, and I said, well, I didn't really. I didn't take it that way on the podcast. It's not that he didn't want you to have someone compliment you he was just tired of talking about that (laughs) so he does that all the time if you're saying something and he's done talking about it he'll go so david hey man (laughs) 
Uh, uh. I mean, he is the host, you know? It kind of goes in the direction he wants it to go. So Anyways. if he's done talking about these stickers right now, we're about to move on to humility, buddy. I just had to say, my buddies, Danny and Doug. Doug. Hey. I can't figure Pull out ahead. why any of y'all would like Blake. <laughs> so, well, somebody please give me a reason to like Blake. Because I'm struggling over here. Oh, man. Well, I, look, look, let me, let me tell you how Blake's mind works. Blake bought a new bow and arrow, and it has worried him to death. He has worried to death over that bow and arrow for three weeks now. He He's just so particular about this thing, this, this screw is here, and I can't, this thing's not hitting here. And this, I'm like, dude, just, it's a bow and arrow, dude. This consumed him, but that's how he overcomplicates things, man. I don't know that I would say that it's consumed me. Oh, it's it has been death, a project, son. and I have I have paid it some attention. But have y'all heard about the bow? Nope. Oh, have, it's have what? you? I told you I bought it. Every yeah. time he calls me, he says this thing ain't hitting right at sixty. You know, I sighted it in at twenty, and then I moved back the next day, and it was shooting left, and I had to redo the whole thing. I mean, that's this what happened. That's, that's operator error, man. It is. It is. <laughs> I'm just telling y'all how Blake is. It's all right. Like, since like. you lost the sticker race, if you got to degrade <laughs> me in some manner, that I'll I'll take it. To you know, we got a podcast to do here, so whatever we. Well, gotta, I'm such a humble person. Yeah, I'll just. I'll move along now. Um, all right, Chili, I want you to explain this this comment to me here so I can understand what this guy's talking about. Now, you don't take up too much time with this piddly stuff when we got important things to talk about. I know you, know, you don't I, want to talk you, about it. And you know I love Instagram comments. You said this is a funny one, though. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, this guy right here, man. Just he, read it. He's got to be doing good in life. Um, this was his – so I made a post the other day railing against weak men essentially and this guy got really upset about it mm. and he he told me about shadow work this is his mm. comment he says i'm just going to be straight up with you you're assuming that your statistics based on social media posts women post everything while men post nearly nothing okay so he's saying that's the reason i think that men uh are turds well i mean if you go mm. if you're gonna leave a comment that's that inarticulate why even give it any time of day then he now he can now he comes out he, this boy he's getting upset here <laughs> who in the hell are you to accuse men of sitting on their butts and doing nothing who are you to I'm judge Chad. anyone if your panties are in a bunch because your numbers aren't up on your platforms, the wrong thing to do is get wicked on a rant and make <laughs> accusations. Now, here's the part I really love. It's called shadow work, bruh. And I sleep five hours a night so that my shadow work is completed every day. I think you're just an undersexed, overly zealous, religious hypocrite who is posting hate speech in an attempt to rally troops. What is shadow work? What's undersexed? <laughs> Son. Chad ain't getting no action, man. Gosh. 
That was no boy. He he threw the gambit at I, that, didn't he? This guy's work. This guy ain't sleeping but five hours a night, so his shadow work can be complete. Yeah, if you sleep five hours a night, that's your problem. That's freaking dumb. I mean, he's need on, more than that. What is it? Did you I, look it up? No, he said it's called shadow work, bruh. How do you spell bruh? B r e h, e h, b r e h. Yeah, bruh, 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 bruh. I. Huh? I don't know. You're undersexed, bruh. <laughs> so, hey, if any of y'all, I, I was just wondering if you knew what shadow work was. Yeah, I do. What is it? <laughs> I mean, well, Krista, I mean, you were talking to me about it before. Like you said, it's, you get in touch with your darker self, darker self, darker side. Bruh. <laughs> and, I mean, much a mess to me, but okay, it's psychology, man. I like. I was talking to Krista earlier. I like psychology and Carl Jung and Young Jung, however the crap you say it. I don't care. <clears throat> but shadow work, yeah. That's, that's, well, when it's <laughs> let me tell you what shadow work is. Shadow works. You get in the shadows of my house. I give you a piece of this ten millimeter. <laughs> that's shadow work around here. <laughs> Well, that joker hit. That was the first time I ever seen anybody hit me with the shadow work, man. I get a lot of hateful comments. Why do you just don't read them? No, I, I, don't I let, or, or don't let them bother you. It gives me something to talk about. Well, what's his name? I don't know. Don't lie. Just so you don't <laughs> want to say it. <laughs> no, I don't. I know his Instagram oh, handle. Yeah. I don't know his name. All right. Well, I just had to get that out there because, um, I was confused. I was hoping one of y'all could help me. Krista's been stewing over here this whole time. Work through tell. that. <laughs> I can tell. Just listening. Um. All right. This old classic comms check. This first half ain't everybody's style. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you better get the shadow working, son. <laughs> Am I a zealot? <laughs> What'd you call him on the paddle trip, Jilly? A uh, Protestant, what'd you call him that made him so mad on the paddle trip? I wasn't on the paddle trip. I've called him a Protestant before. and Oh, maybe it was on the paddle trip. Yeah. 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 Oh, boy. <laughs> you want to talk about getting under somebody's skin. If you want to leave him a hateful comment, you can talk about calling him a Protestant. How about that? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you dang religious people. Oh, man. Yeah. Call him a Protestant. Zealot. Was zealot in what way? Uh, you know. Well, weren't there zealots? A religious zealot? Weren't there... That just... Is that, that what you're asking? That just means you're mean, right? <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> I'll have to do some research on that. I've been called a zealot multiple times. Well, I think a zealot, like in scripture, was a, a faction of people who wanted... Um, like, you know, they were under Roman occupation during that time when Jesus was there. And uh, wanted action. They wanted political action. So they wanted to overthrow the government. They thought that's how basically the kingdom would come, how change would happen, was to get involved politically in culture. And they were very zealous about that. And mm. so they were willing to, you know, but that's not how Jesus approached things, you know. And so uh, it was very different. <laughs> so I think when you talk about zealots in religious terms, that's probably what it's talking about, just that era of, during Roman occupation where people thought that's how change was going to happen and the kingdom was going to come. Mm. 
So that might be the connection. Who knows what the people, if people call you that, what they mean by it. Because people don't know what they're talking about. But <laughs> they may mean that. Or they could just think they know what that means and don't know what it means. That's also. Thank you for that voice of reason, Krista. You guys have cleared up so much stuff for me, even thus far uh, on the podcast. I just can't thank you guys enough for all the wisdom that you offer on the show. Sometimes um, I don't know if you're being sarcastic or so, you're being serious. <laughs> I, I guess it's time for me to turn it over to Coach Chris. I mean, Krista. Gosh. Sorry, she's a, she's my coach, like on Mondays, and she's my teammate on Wednesdays. So I, I got I go back and forth. <laughs> I got to get this right in my mind, man. That's right. I don't mind. Well, I just call her Krista all the time. Yeah. You better not call her that when she's coaching you. I do. I do. It's disrespectful. (laughs) Well, I'm about time to turn it over to Chris to talk about this humility topic because, you know, I'm trying to understand this humility thing. Um, It's defined as a noun, a modest or low view of one's own importance or humbleness. Now, I see people or listen to people, or even I myself might have been guilty at times of maybe maybe showing what I call false humility in terms of like verbally degrading myself or my own abilities or my own skills. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, a, it's like a false humility almost. Because if you're freaking good at something, like if you're... If you're really good at something, why why would you degrade the fact that that is what you're good at? Well, that's just lying. I guess so. I mean, unless you don't think you're good at it, and you really are. I mean, yeah, I mean, if someone that you, if you think somebody's good at something, and they downplay how good they are at it, could be false humility, or it could be they legitimately don't think they're good at it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, you don't really know. You'd have to watch them and kind of see what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell, usually. What the opposite of humility would be pride? Uh, yeah, I'd say that's pretty good. What'd you say as a low view of someone of yourself? Yes. So yes. a high arrogance. view of yourself, uh, arrogance. Modest pride. a modest or low view of one's own importance. And I think that's humbleness. a little skewed definition. I, I, yeah, I, I, w- I would agree with modest, but I don't think low. I mean, that's a little bit like... Uh, lack of self-confidence almost. A low view of yourself would be a lack of self-confidence, I think. A modest view is more like it. Yeah, some people can be self-deprecating, but that's not healthy. Mm, um, that's what I was trying yeah. to say. Yeah, yeah, you can be self-deprecating. And some people use that actually as a tool because it's a way to deflect. Um, I've talked to some people before mm-hmm. who say they realized they didn't know they were doing this, but then came to realize they would be self-deprecating because if they were down on themselves and they were in that place then it kept other people from criticizing them because they felt bad for them does that does that make sense so like if I'm just constantly like woe is me and talking about my faults and being self-deprecating then then that's kind of a a clever defense mechanism so that you're not gonna come to me and bring things to me because you assume that I already know how Oh, okay. bad I am or or you're not going to ma- want to make me feel worse 
And so uh, self-deprecating, if being self-deprecating can be a, a kind of a tricky little tool that well, people a, to, to deflect. A lot of comedians, right? They, mm-hmm. you know, if they make fun of themselves first, if they're the, they make themselves the joke, then you're not going to get made fun of. Yeah. It's already been done. It's a way to deflect. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's almost like ownership. Mm-hmm. It's almost like owning it so no one can accuse you of it. Mm-hmm. Well, and then I think the opposite being pride, I think C.S. Lewis defines pride in the in the most wonderful way that I've ever heard it described. The ultimate version of pride when you move from vanity to pride is when you you think so highly of yourself, you no longer care about anyone else's input, right? Does, does that make sense? Like, the fact that I read my comments shows me that I'm not completely succumbed to pride because when i post something hold on when i post something i genuinely care about what others think about what i'm saying because i know that there's probably an aspect of it that is incorrect or or it's it's difficult unless you're coming straight from scripture to to portray truth because what I see to be true in my life, if you come at it from a different angle, there'll be holes all in it, right? So I care. It, it helps me grow my understanding of the way I perceive the world around me. Now, if you are succumbed to pride, you wouldn't read your comments like Chili because you think that you're right about everything and it doesn't matter what anyone nope. else says. Nope. <clears throat> I was just about to say what I look for the number one marker I look for on who is a prideful person is an inability to say a little phrase, a three-word phrase, I don't know. A prideful person won't ever say that, ever. Mm. That's a marker of pride. Now, C.S. Lewis' definition, which I don't know that it's, well, it's not perfect, but I don't know how good of a definition it is, especially if you don't define who he meant by others. When he said, you like, care about the opinion of others, was he referring to people that you've never met, don't know who they are? Well, that's Because that's Instagram commenters. Yeah. I mean, I don't care about the opinions of others. Does that... I would say that. Does that mean that I don't care about what my parents think of me? Mm-hmm. No. I do care what they think. I don't care what, quote, unquote, the world thinks. Mm-hmm. To me, Instagram comments represent the world. It's just people that you don't know who they are. I mean, old shadow working, bruh. I mean, you don't know him. He doesn't know you. He may be someone that you met and were became friends with. You may meet him and think he's the biggest piece of crap you've ever met. So if you let what he says bother you, you're just insane. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I view comments. Is yeah. I mean, if you got a comment or a message from some from someone that you know about what you said, that's totally different than that's the thing, man. When you have a following, particularly when you have an Instagram account with a hundred thousand people or a million people that follow you, you don't know those people. If you, if you have an Instagram account and you have a thousand followers and you all, well, you can get to know them. You just have to look at their Instagram account. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's good. (laughs) Yeah, go see what they're posting. Yeah. See how their shadow work journey 
journey and see when and see when they go do a five mile run that they're proud of and they hop on Instagram to post it and show their sweat when they're done. Man, I, that's you want to talk about? Uh, never mind. I don't need to do it. I don't need to get nuts. But let me just remind everybody: you can run or work out and not let everybody know. Did you know you can do that? I do it every day. <laughs> you can do that. You can do that, man. How about that? I do it every day. How about that? What were you going to say, Krista? Well, I was, about, ah. I was about to flip it, so are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. Get me it. off of it. <laughs> and then, uh, Yeah, flip it, and then I have a question for you. All right. So, so talking about uh, not knowing the people and how that's a factor, that's important, and connecting that back to humility just brings me back to the original reason we started talking about humility, which started on our run today, actually. So um, <clears throat> just cautioning that, also, flipping it on the other side, you have the Instagram commenters, but they're commenting on your posts. And so we had been talking about the care that might be needed in making posts because at the same time, you don't know the people that you're commenting about, too. So um, so that's just another angle to look at it from. So just as the commenters need you know, maybe to have care and realize, like, I don't really know, Chad. I'm just going off of this post he made, and I'm making these assumptions about him, telling him he's do shadow work and all this stuff. But at the same time, it's worth, and this is where the humility comes in. Um, can I can I take that same criticism? Can I take that same lens and apply it to myself? Like, am I doing the same thing? So mm. does that make sense? I do. Uh, yes, it does make sense. Uh, my question was going to be, why did this topic come to mind? For today, mm-hmm. anyways, was it from the conversation that we had on the run? Or? Yeah, I think it just came up uh, when you said, "What should we talk about today?" I think that just word stuck with me because we talked. Well, we talked about the division within church and denominations and all that kind of stuff, and so it didn't. Our conversation running didn't have anything to do with Instagram, but I think we were talking more about the unity of the church and how do we engage culture and just differences and and how a lot of things just need to be held with humility like you have a different perspective than I do and I can you know and that not all people in this particular denomination or all people who go to church are this way or that way and how we just have to be careful around some of that kind of stuff so I think maybe that's where it started yeah well social media is complicated it right that is the, the the dynamic because if you're say you're sitting in a restaurant you're sitting Blossom Hill eating lunch, talking to, we're sit, all four of us are sitting there and we, and you say something like the conversation we had while we were running and somebody, you'd never met them, stranger. You don't know them, they don't know you and they overheard it and they came over and said exactly what that comment said about shadow work. Would you not just brush that off? I mean, I would. that wouldn't bother me. I would be like, dude, who's this loon? You know, but when it's on Instagram, they follow you you know, you almost, you're, you're an, like it or not, that great word, influencer. Well, he wouldn't brush it off if someone came over to the table and <laughs> no, said, No, I mean, you, I'm saying. You darn sell it, what the crap are you talking <laughs> about? No, I mean, would, I don't uh, mean you don't engage with them, but you'd actually have a real one-on-one conversation. Yeah. You can't have that on Instagram. I'm just yeah. not doing a great job describing it, but it's a, a totally or, different dynamic. You, you're, you have this platform with these people, and you're not trying to lose followers, I mean, it's it, there's an element of pride in just the fact that you try to gain followers. It's just the na- nature of social media. It's a weird thing. Well, this is 
this is a a difficulty that I have in in my own thinking in life is because part of what I'm good at is sharing what I have learned and what works for me with other people. Now, it is extremely difficult. If not, I would like to hear your argument on this. It's dang near impossible for me to share those things and and to share it in a way that it's going to appeal to the whole spectrum of of people that see the message or hear or, or hear the message. And so I think what happens with a lot of people that stifles them from ever sharing what their opinions or their beliefs are, right? Because they think they think ah this is this this is something I'm passionate about. Maybe it's worked for me, but I can see how it's going to rub some people the wrong way, and it may not work for other people. So how am I going to put this out? And then they just end up going through their whole life and never helping anybody with anything mm-hmm. because they're so freaking worried about saying something that's going to rub somebody the wrong way. And you know, it it just seems uh, for me. I hope anyone who hears anything I say. I hope that's just like a, I hope that it's assumed that, like, don't expect me to caveat everything I say with, hey, this may not work for you, but this is how it worked for me. I'm not going to caveat everything I say with that, but it, it, that's the real, that's the reality of the world that I have been thrust into. Yeah. You have to caveat it if you don't want people to take things how they want to take it. You just need a uh, a slide at the beginning, like a at the a beginning disclaimer? of a movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, any room, any room you leave for interpretation will be, it will be interpreted an infinite amount of ways. Well, I think I mean, like you can interpreted. be interpreted if you think about being good at something and being humble or having humility about it versus being prideful. Like you can be good at something, you can go do it, you can tell someone like how to do it. But I think like the minute you start like boasting about it and saying, oh, look at me, look how good I am at this. And then that's sort of moving to me, moving to pride. Like you can be good at something and and you can know that you're good at it and you can tell like, hey, I'm good at running. Let me let me teach you how to run. I'm better than Chile at running. <laughs> and that's not prideful. But then you say, I'm the best freaking runner out there and, and can't. And I know we joke a lot. But when people hear that and they don't know the context of the joke and stuff, then they could interpret it as pride. What, whenever we're just joking? Yeah, I mean... Well, I mean, when he just said he's better than me, that ain't pride. That's just delusional. Well, <laughs> There's a no, difference in pride and delusion. It, it's going to be interesting how... Because a lot of... Now, now, let me tell you how I have used that to strengthen my own mindset. When I went into Mid-State this year... I went in with a, a attitude that you'll see it if you see the documentary. You you know where they when they come over to me, you guys saw the, the trailer and they're like, Oh, Greg's here. And I said, I ain't worried about that dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna hurt him so bad. I'm gonna crush his soul and hurt him so bad he's never gonna wanna race again. Mm-hmm. I was doing that for myself intentionally. Like I showed up intentionally telling myself that it was impossible for anyone to beat me. Yeah. You got to believe that if you're going to win, And man. in that moment, 
It was pretty essential. Well, it's like a tool. But I guess you can't walk around like that. That's a. I mean, it's like a tool versus... I was thinking the other day, it, and it's not about pride, but it kind of relates. It's the verse about God's not giving us a spirit of fear and how sometimes the feeling of fear can protect you in situations, right? So it's like a what is the feeling of fear versus the spirit of fear? And it's like what is using pride as a tool or having a spirit of pride or, or you are a prideful person. Not that just because it happened in the moment that you're now a prideful person, but you're using it as a tool in that environment. And it's almost like all, th- not all things, but like you go do what you want to win the race. You go do what you need to do to win it, but that's not who you are in that race. You're just out there running and trying to win. I don't know. Listen, man, if you want to win, you got to freaking believe you can win. That rubs people the wrong way. That comment might rub somebody the wrong way out there. Well, guess what? It's people who don't know how to freaking win. They ain't never going to win nothing. Not only do you have to believe that you can win, you have to believe that no one else there is as good as you. Like, that's a part of it. Like, And if the, the, the people that that rubs the wrong way are people that ain't never won nothing. That's the facts. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, I think I think that's there, there's truth to that. Here I go. I need to caveat everything I say. What do you think, Krista? Well, yeah, I, I, yeah. Well, I, I think I was still thinking on what you said about I can't just caveat everything, and I do think that's true. We can't live that way. And I think part of the difficulty in the world we live in is there is no nuance and context anymore. We just live in a world that it's just absent of that, and so that's difficult. Uh, I think not caveating things I think that's not so much the issue I think there are little things we can do though when we talk like uh, not use absolutes like Mm -hmm. everyone is like this or you know take an anecdote and then apply it broadly and generally like for, for instance when I'm talking to my husband we have this thing where we try to not use statements like you always do this or you never do this because that's not true, you know, like that's just not true. And so I think just little things, it's not caveating your statement, but it's it's how you say it that, that shows an openness to there are other perspectives. I know not everybody is necessarily like this. So I think it's just that little, that little tweaking kind of thing. But I do think there is a challenge between this idea, idea of humility and sending messages that are uh critical in a sense they're they're warnings they're I see, I see danger here and I need to speak this you know and and I came across a verse um after we had been talking about humility that encapsulates well it's several verses that encapsulates both of these things or mentions both of them as both important things is for believers to have the the compassion and humility and those qualities but also um that we should be admonishing one another admonishing means warning <laughs> and so I think those aren't mutually opposed to one another. So can I read these verses really fast? Please do. So this is in Colossians 3. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And so, so 
having these hearts of kindness, humility, meekness, patience, forgiveness, love, like it sounds really soft and like, oh, I'm not going to step on anybody's toes, but there's a way to live in that spirit. And also when we see our brothers and sisters in danger that we need to be speaking up, we need to be teaching and that's grounded in the word. But, but I, I think that is an interesting perhaps tension to have, you know, how do those things work together? Yeah. So. Well, yeah, you, need, you need dialogue to work through those things. Right, and that's right. another thing social media does exactly, not offer. Right. You need to, to these, these things it's talking about require relationship, yep. require relationship. Yep. And that's what we don't have in culture so much anymore. And with social media for sure. So, yeah, I mean, we think we act like he's talking about topics on, I don't want to make this all about Chad, but anybody that's talking about topics that's like, is that water bottle black or red? It's like, well, that's pretty easy to answer, but to put something out that's one minute long, that's about as a deep a topic as what it is. Mm-hmm. There's going to be people that say, well, he left this out. Well, he didn't say this. Well, he said this. And it's like, man, it's one minute long. And you could, you could literally talk for two weeks about this topic, you know, like take it for what it is. And, you know, it's fine to read whatever you want to read, but why I get so hung up on, especially some people who get inundated with other people's opinions all day, you can't let that bother you because you cannot please everybody and you can't have a dialogue with them all. I mean, you may talk to 99% of people that leave a comment and by the end of a discussion, they were like, Oh, I see your point. Mm-hmm. I know what you meant now, but unless you do that, that won't happen. And that's just an insane thing to hold yourself to, mm-hmm. to, to try to please everybody. That's what it turns into. Try to not make anybody mad. And man, those absolute statements. Yeah. You should probably be more precise in your speech at times. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to everybody. About everybody should, but some of those statements, man, that's just the way we communicate and yeah. talk. But people don't always know what you meant. So be it. I mean, well, all of us sitting here, and probably a lot of people listening, could could say, if if you do a little bit of self assessment behind or before you put out a statement or a topic or whatever, yeah. start a conversation. You know you know your intent behind it. Like, you know, this is prideful. I want to talk about myself. I want to build myself up. Or, you know, I know I'm good at that. If they want to talk about it, we'll talk about it, and that's fine. And talking specifically about pride and humility, if you do a little bit of self-assessment, you know really what you mean by it. And if it's wrong, then then it's wrong. But I think the key is to know, like, why why you're putting it out and, and put it out in the way that it feels natural to come out. And it's going to help the people that it should help and the people that it shouldn't. Oh, well. Well, Instagram's just all about pride. That's what it's made for. Just to... Vanity. Va- we need to... You need to create a way to... Other than, I mean, I guess that's the whole thing. We don't know what regular life is anymore where you just talk to people one-on-one because that's the way to do it. That, you want to help people, well, you can do that. But this Instagram and stuff, it's made people think we can help people on a larger scale by getting this message out. And that's true, but there's got to be a better way to do it. I don't know. Maybe not with technology. Well, not on that big of a scale. Yeah. Well, those verses that Krista read, what immediately came to my mind was the picture of a 
of a marriage, uh, the uh, biblical picture of marriage. I went to my first wedding last weekend. Brooke and I got married at Justice of the Peace, and uh, I didn't even go to Blake's wedding. Um, back when he, I've never been. This was my first wedding that I've ever attended, and I heard the the guy up there. I don't know if he was a preacher or assume he was. I don't know. Uh, he was talking about. He was going through the Bible and talking about. Yeah, you know the the things that nobody wants to to really try to dig into and grapple with and and try to understand in terms of the relationship between the the woman, the husband or the wife and the husband because so many I think wives shut down when they see the parts that say you submit to your husband and and the husband's the head, and but they. But then they shut down because they don't see it in the context of what the husband is required to do in terms of literally loving their wife as Christ loves us and gave his life for us. Like the the two have to they have to both be in alignment with that and then it works perfectly, I think. But mm-hmm. um yeah, it was powerful for me to hear him talk through those verses and there as those two people were being joined in marriage. I don't know. That's what I thought about. Because when you're admonishing someone, it should be coming from a position of humility, meekness, love, forgiveness, all Mm -hmm. of those things. So you're right. They have to go together. I want to tell you guys about a struggle that I've had with, uh, well, I I guess a a consciousness of, of my own battle with pride and, I, I, I do want to say that I believe that humans that really like to push hard, that like to go hard and go big in whatever it is, they whatever their space is, whether it's a business, whether it's in athletics or whatever, we that like to go hard are in almost constant danger of being overcome by this prideful spirit, right? And as I look back on the last two years of my life, I don't know if I can explain this, but things have happened relatively, they've been progressive, right? In terms of the our ability to reach people uh, through the podcast, the the podcast has slowly grown. Um, the social media stuff, um, the everything we do, it's it's happened. Re- it's been a relatively slow, like building block of progress. And at at each one of those levels, I have to consciously like check myself and also take the input of the people around me um, to protect me from succumbing to a prideful spirit what's interesting is there are things and opportunities that are happening now that if they would have happened two years ago it would have destroyed me i likely would have succumbed to that prideful spirit and so for me it's been a slow it's been a slow process and it's like almost like I've had to it's it's been just small steps and building blocks to where 
if you can maintain and if you can if you can maintain a humble spirit not that i always do that sometimes i get a little cross the line a little bit but if you can check yourself and maintain that you're able to to keep building to keep building to keep what i'm trying to say here is if you believe in if you believe that god has some influence over what you are going to do with your life and like if if you believe that which i believe that he can't just give you everything all at once he can't he can't just give you everything that is in store for you all at once cuz it will dis- it would have destroyed me really would have and so i think the ability to surround yourself by people that are going to help you maintain that humble spirit, people that are going to be honest with you, not yes men and, and women and team members that are just there to just simply build you up all the time. I think being able to maintain that perspective of humility actually will help you progress. And maybe it's even a a foundational element of being able to progress and receive more and more responsibility as a slave to Christ. <laughs> what? That's been oh, my slave. that's been my experience. I, I, I just I've been thinking I, I don't know exactly what who this message is for. I don't know how it benefits anybody else that's listening to this. I don't know, but it 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 is an impactful thought to me to think that say this documentary for instance if this thing go if this thing hits and and it goes and wins all these awards and whatever whatever god has in store for this part of our mission like honestly i can honestly say that probably would have destroyed me if that was the case two years ago well it's a weird progress man pride goes before the fall right and if you if you start down here at the bottom and you immediately achieve all this success. Like, I think you're constantly kind of relating back to where you were, like looking at where you're at, or at least I am. And so if you're growing so slow that you don't even realize you're growing, you have to stop to a point and like we talk, man, how do we get from two kids shooting squirrels off the front porch to doing what we're doing now? If it would have happened instantly, we would have been prideful about yeah what we had. But if you're growing at a pace so slow that it doesn't even really seem like you're growing like say you're climbing a mountain and it's so gradual that you don't even think you're growing you get to the top and you're like dang we're up pretty high we, we climbed a lot right here and that's how i think that's what helps you to be able to stay humble about where you're at because you, you you've had you're at this certain level of success and then you gradually kind of grow and it's like, well, it's not really much more than where I was at, so it's it's fine. And then you're at that spot for a while, and you get a little bit more. And I think the evidence of it is when you look at celebrities and musicians, and especially that had quick success mm-hmm. at a young age, and they end up killing themselves or becoming addicted to drugs and whatever the case may be. They end back up where they started or worse. Yeah, and and so I'm not saying that I that I fully understand that because I, I'm not I'm definitely not on the level of some of these people we're talking about. I mean, we're talking about people like 
freaking Elvis or like Robin Williams. Yeah, Robin like people who had big success quickly, relatively qu- quickly, and were elevated to this super high position. Mostly musicians and, and actors, actors and things like that. Um, I I don't think I've ever. I maybe thought I, I I had some comprehension of why they would do that. Their their life seems so awesome. Why would they? Why would they kill themselves? And it's like I maybe had some understanding, but not a deep understanding of it's it's actually the only way to get there. The only healthy way to get there is a slow progress with many stops along the way, and. Also, where they ended up <laughs> seems terrible. I mean, you talk about the only healthy way to get there to where they got, and you're talking about someone like Elvis. I mean, that's just insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, that sounds awful to me. But well, do you look at they... people that win the lottery. I mean, I don't know what the statistic is, but majority of them are broke right now. But then you look at people who earn their money, yeah, gradually, progressively, yeah, then. They probably still got money. Yeah. So, Krista, what are um, what is some what are some things that you have done that you can share with us to help in terms of of humility to to help keep us ourselves on the ground level. Um. I don't know. Maybe I'm not going to answer that question directly, but just thinking about what you were describing, uh, I was thinking like, I don't think it's a formula. I think there's some truth in that. Uh, I don't think it's a formula though, because I think you can see these outliers and these people who um, get put in the spotlight or do great things that uh, still have a a good heart that, that still are able to maintain that humility and, live in that way uh yeah i mean mother Teresa, like everybody knows who mother Teresa is but she continued to do what she did and and be who she was even though she became famous in a sense and so i think it's not necessarily a, a formula but i think so i was thinking well what is it about that progression and i think what can ha- can happen in that progression not for everybody but i think your perspective changes when you're given that time and what probably is something that has happened during that time is you've experienced suffering and adversity and there's a sense in which it's being communicated to you you're not in control this is not actually coming from you Mm. whatever is being produced is not just you and so I think there's something about your perspective that can shift whereas if it's an instant thing or something that you might feel like you're in control of or you did solely on your own um, merit, then that can detach you from God. And you don't recognize it's the grace of God, the gift of God, his spirit working in you that has um, cultivated what it has. So Mm. I think that's one thing just off of what you were saying. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So I think that, and then I think um, just honestly, that just the grace of God uh, in, in your heart, just having those things we talked about being connected to the word and his means of grace through the word, through other brothers and sisters that are around you. Um, those things keep you grounded and keep that perspective in a good place. Um, and we need to recognize that 
that it's in all of our hearts. Like, it's not like there are these prideful people and these not prideful people. It's in all of us. And so Mm -hmm. I think that it just is something that we have to depend uh, deeply on God to to walk with us in that and and keep us awake, keep our eyes open so that we're aware of what's motivating us and where we're headed. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know. So, so as far as what I do, I don't know. Uh, read scripture. Uh, surround myself with a great community. Um, ask God to help me stay open to blind spots and um, things like that. I think a lot of things that happen in us, though, that's pr- that are produced are because we've experienced them from God first. So even in those verses I read, it talked about forgiving because God forgave us. So any sort of love, humility, meekness, all of those things, you know, Jesus was that first and Jesus was that for us. And so if we're really being purely compelled and all those things are being produced in us, it is, I think, got to be because we've actually experienced that through Jesus. And all of those things that described the believer, the chosen ones, as it said, those that's a description of Jesus, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I think if you're feeling prideful too, that like you can... A lot of it has to do with who you're around. Like, if you think you're a really good runner, then go run a really hard race and and fail at it. You know, something that you're gonna fail at, or, um, and it could be too to do with your standard for life. Like, if you're if you got a standard for your life and you're hitting that all the time, it'd be easy to think like, "Hang, I'm doing pretty good. I've got this standard for my life and I'm hitting it." But if you don't see areas you're falling short, then you're gonna get prideful. If you don't see something in your life that you're not good at then you're going to start thinking, I'm, I'm pretty dang good. So it's like, what are you measuring yourself against? Mm-hmm. I just had, a, just was thinking, can you even know if you're feeling prideful? Would you know? Like, w- would you feel prideful? Or would that have to be pointed out? And then would you have to, would you, would you have to be in a place where you were able and willing to hear that and take it on board? I don't know the answer, but what about you, Chili? What do you, what, how, how do you stay in a good place, man? I, I don't know that I do. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I struggle. Now, now you're, you're a little, you, you, you struggle with, you struggle more on the end of the self deprecating talk than you do on the pride. You will put well, yourself down, too. man. I mean, I'm, you put yourself down all the time. Well, I'm definitely too negative. Um, that's for sure. Uh, definitely about myself and just in general, I would say I'm too negative. But I also struggle with pride. I mean, and holding pride on on certain things and arrogance and and everything else. But the the self deprecating thing. Maybe I'm wrong, but I always, when people perceive me as self-deprecating, I'm either doing one of two things. Usually, I'm either just being funny, and we you talked about that defense mechanism earlier. I'm not really doing that. I don't. Maybe I am, but I don't. I would say I'm not because I don't care if other people make fun of me. I like that's funny to me, but I just do that for kicks and giggles, make sillies and. Or, uh, 
it's what I really think. Like I've heard people say I'm self-deprecating about running or about whatever. And I don't view it that way. I mean, I just view it realistic. Mm-hmm. It's how I see what I'm doing. You know, like if, if I won a race or something and I'm like, yeah, great. But it, it was this or that. It wasn't a competitive one. It's not that big of a deal. People are like, dude, but you won, you know, it's like, I don't think that person's being realistic about how good the accomplishment was. I think they're overinflating it. Yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, I don't, it's not that big of a deal. Well, and people you, are like, oh, you freaking self-deprecating. I'm like, well, no, you are overinflating how good it was. But do you like the spotlight? Well, I would say no, but then I, I'm sitting on a podcast. Well, yeah, but I mean, Chili's going to be a big deal. Before he dies, gonna no. be no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think people will self-deprecate or whatever you want to call it, self-defecate, <laughs> because they don't. I've done that too. They don't like the spotlight, so they use that as like a deflect the the spotlight. Off. Hey, you did really good, and they don't want people talking about them. They're like, oh, it's not that good. So and so did good, or I did this, and so I don't well, know. I mean, I wonder. Well, if I don't mind. Do I don't mind if people talk about me. I'm just. And I've been trying to do better. You know, if people say, oh, that was awesome. Congrats. I just go, thanks, and just yeah. try to be done with it. But if they start talking to me about it, then I have to be like, well, yeah, it wasn't that good, but thanks. <laughs> what you should say is, heck yeah, it was, man. Did you see me back there? How fast I was going? <laughs> if you ever want to leave them, if you ever want people to leave you alone, just self defecate. <laughs> self defecate, don't self deprecate. People have, will leave you alone. I have done that. Well, guys, what a wonderful conversation. Krista, thank you for bringing that, putting it out on the table for us to talk about. Um, That's one of the first times a team member has had the opportunity to create the podcast. You guys helped me. I created it five minutes before we started. That's the best way to do it. (laughs) Did well, too. You guys helped me so much, man. You helped me a lot, Chad. I just want to say thank you. About the only thing I'm good for around here is cooking breakfast after Team PT. You cook a good breakfast, too. That's good. You cook a good breakfast. Well, guys, you know the deal, man. Y'all know the deal. If you got something out of the show, please share it with somebody. Leave us a review. (laughs) Oh, yeah. If you really got something out of the show, leave us a review on iTunes. We'd appreciate that. Even if you didn't get something out of it, just let us know you didn't. Go on there and talk crap about chili. That's the best place you can talk crap about chili. Chad will read it. A review on iTunes, and I will make sure I read it on the podcast. So, do you know I have small thumbs? Yeah, you really do. Weak genes, man. You're the firstborn too. I wouldn't expect you to have small thumbs as the firstborn. My dad has big thumbs. Well, he's the only born. Well, yeah, but, yeah. Anyways, we love you guys. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. (laughs) Enough said.